Good morning, everybody. Welcome into a Tuesday edition of Christian Worldview with Dr. Tony Beam. We appreciate you selecting this radio program for your information needs. This is Tony Beam, Director of Church and Community Engagement for the Tim Brazier Campus of North Greenville University, where Christ makes the difference, and where we are equipping transformational leaders for the church and for society. Also serve as the Director of Public Policy for the South Carolina Baptist Convention, and I'm currently the interim pastor at Five Forks Baptist Church over in Simpsonville. By the way, if you don't have a place of worship to call your own, uh, you're invited. Come and hear me preach on Sunday morning. Uh, Sunday, I'm going to be talking about facing change by the power of pressing on. It's going to come from uh, Philippians chapter 3, Paul's uh, call for us to press forward for the mark of the high call of God in Christ Jesus. So uh, come by, stop by. 10.30 on Sunday mornings is when we meet. Uh, the church voted on its uh, search committee this past Sunday. They're in place. So uh, they're going to be begin the process of replacing me. And it's always my pleasure when I get to do an interim pastorate to work myself out of a job. That's, that's really part of my job. So uh, looking forward to helping Five Forks get their next pastor. All right. A um, couple of things this morning. First of all, here in South Carolina, today the South Carolina Ju uh, House Judiciary Committee, full committee, was supposed to meet to discuss, debate, and then vote on whether or not to send H-447. Yeah, that's it. H-447, uh, Representative John McCravey's bill, to the floor of the House and uh, that's been put off until next Tuesday. A little bit of concern yesterday when the calendar came out and the Judiciary Committee, Committee meeting was not on the calendar. So it's been moved till next Thursday because of a scheduling conflict, and we'll keep an eye on that for you because there's. I'll, I'll just tell you, um, the South Carolina Senate is working on other approaches, shall we say, to protecting life that are just, in my opinion, completely inadequate. And that's not to cast aspersions on those in the Senate who are dedicated to protecting life in the womb, um, such as Senator Tom Corbin and Senator Josh Kimbrell and Senator Billy Garrett, and I could name a bunch of others. But there are a few over there who are not committed to that and, in fact, are the reason that we don't have a law right now protecting life beginning at conception. So um, we, I'm, I'm always suspicious when things get held up, I, and, but my suspicion generally runs in the direction of the Senate and not the House. House continues to, ha to have its issues with a divide between the Freedom Caucus and the rest of the Republicans in the House. They're trying to negotiate, figure out how to find some kind of agreement to sign that the Freedom Caucus would sign a pledge to um, do not do certain things and to do certain other things to produce unity in the House. And I, I can just tell you, it's just my experience, that you don't produce unity on a piece of paper. Unity gets produced when people agree fundamentally on what their role is, and signing a pledge is not, is not going to do it. I mean, I... I want it to. I, you know, I get what the um, the majority leader, um, Davy Hyatt, and the Speaker Pro Tem of the House, Tommy Pope, are trying to do here. 
Uh, I think it's a noble uh, undertaking to try to get all 88 Republicans to kind of work together and not undermine each other. But that can't be forced, I don't think, through some type of pledge. That's just, I mean, that's my opinion. I, I, but I think both sides here need to stop the rhetoric and the finger pointing and get behind a closed door somewhere and work this out and then come back out unified um, instead of making this big public, you know, one side using it for their political purposes, the other side using it for theirs. That generally doesn't advance anything uh, legislatively, and it makes Republicans look like, in, in a way, we don't know what we're doing. I don't think the public is particularly enamored by Republicans who can't get along once they all get once they get elected to office in in the numbers that they are in South Carolina. I mean we we don't have time for this. So um, and and there are some who are who are leaning in to all of this because it advances their narrative or political agenda. I mean that's the way it works in politics, right? You grab on to your political agenda and you lean into it no matter what. And I want to talk a little bit about that right out of the gate here this morning because I'm going to circle back around. Talked a lot about Tyree Nichols yesterday and the five police officers that have been charged and the video and what it means and what's likely to come forth. And the thing that I would just keep reminding everybody is as horrible as that video is and as terrible as those police officers behaved, we need to wait before we pronounce final judgment on a trial I mean, that's the way it works, right? Because right now, all we're hearing are the voices that want those five officers condemned and sent to jail for 25 years to life, okay? And that that may be exactly what they deserve. But to make that decision based on a video that we see, and then we don't know all of the backstory, we, we can't—I mean, there, there are too many things that we don't know— we are a society that's beginning to make preliminary decisions that get set in concrete because of video. And, th- and that's natural because we're a video-driven society. We've got videos of everything. But we, there are a lot of things about this that we don't know. Um, and so as horrible as it is, these police officers have been appropriately charged based on the available evidence with a major crime, in my opinion. I mean, this is not a case where, oh, uh, we need to mess around here and, and, and really wring our hands about whether to bring charges. Now, you can look at that video and say, the, okay, it's, it, it is, it, it, it's fine to charge them because the video is horrible. The beating of Tyree Nichols while he's handcuffed on the ground is beyond the pale, and they deserve to be charged with a crime. But they don't deserve to be tried of that crime in the public before they get to court and before all of the evidence is presented. That's my, that's my concern. The other thing that doesn't need to happen is that all police departments across the country don't need to be investigated and reformed, which is, you, you have to understand, the progressive agenda here is to undermine police authority everywhere okay it's to find a way to stop police authority anarchist antifa um, and many who are just garden variety progressives 
want chaos because chaos undermines order. And when you undermine order, you have an opportunity to replace that order with what you want, which progressives want capitalism and the constitutional republic that protect all our rights pretty much to be jettisoned and move toward a much more socialist-slashed-communist state. That's what they want. And so to get there, undermining authority is the first step. I mean, if you look at the Marxist formula, revolt and undermining any type of authority that holds society together is, is task number one followed by task number two, getting rid of any reference to God or any kind of other stability that might be brought to bear. So there are several things going on here. You have officers behaving badly. We need to find out why, and if, it, if it's as bad as that video looks, then they deserve justice. Tyree, uh, uh, you know, Tyree Nichols deserves the justice of and, and his family deserves the justice of those officers facing the justice system. And that's what's happening. It happened pretty quickly in this case. But what's happening now, but, but, but well, let me, let me say this, the, the two things that are going on. What actually happened, those officers at that moment in time, whether or not they committed a crime, right now it looks like the answer is yes. But that needs to be determined by the jury, not by the public. Okay. Second, the second thing is the agenda behind the progressives that want to undermine police authority. They want every police department in the country to be disbanded, defunded. I mean, they backed away from it politically because it was killing them at the polls. Americans understand that we have to have order. And in order to have order, we have to have law. And to have law and order, we have to have the police who go out and do a difficult job and don't get paid much and take the ire of the community. And this, this is, you know, it's a job that we should thank the vast majority of police officers for. And trying to paint every police officer in every police department in the same, with the same brush that they're painting these five officers is an agenda that's being pushed by the left. And we should reject it. The other thing that we need to remember here is now this is being expanded. You know, there's a there's a, a white police officer. You, you've got to figure that in order to make the racism claim, they came out and they trotted out the fact that this is systemically racist. This whole thing that's happened with Tyree Nichols is systemically racist. But it was kind of getting snickered at. I mean, by I mean behind closed doors. Don't get me wrong. I, I wasn't laughing about it myself. But there were those who were saying, "Wait a minute! You've got five black police officers, and a uh, Tyree Nichols is black. What what does white supremacy? That's the 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 charge. What does white supremacy have to do with that? And they they're having trouble." answering that question. I mean, Alex Jones has, has gone out there and, and done a big uh, piece where he just, you know, he, he lays out all this uh, systemic racism in a police department, what it, what it does to affect African-American officers and that the pressure's on for them to join in with this idea that it's black people that are the crime problem in America. I mean, that, 
They make all of these things, but you still get back to the basics, right? I mean, after you philosophically meander through the wilderness, you come right back to the basic, which is this is five African-American officers and Tyree Nichols was black. It's hard to make the case that this is white supremacy. So you find a white officer somewhere. And I, I mean, I, I'm, but that's that's what they've done. Two additional Memphis officers, including the white officer seen encountering Tyree Nichols during his traffic stop. Now, why do we not know the race of the other officer? If two more have been disciplined, why are we only talking about the one who happens to be white? Officer Preston Hemphill and an unidentified officer were relieved of their duty a day after the Memphis, uh, uh, incident, Memphis PD revealed Monday immediately everybody starts jumping on this officer saying we he's got to be charged why are they not charged they ought to be charged with the same crime no they shouldn't preston hemphill fired a taser at tyree nichols and said they hope he hopes that he gets his you know what beat he said it twice but he didn't go down there and be, he wasn't at the scene when Tyree Nichols was in custody and was being beaten. I'm, I'm telling, you know, folks, he may have done something that violated police procedure and should be disciplined, but to charge him is ridiculous. And the only reason that this is being elevated is because he's white. Now we've got a white supremacy narrative. Since the narrative wasn't making any sense to have five black police officers going after Tyree Nichols, now if we can get a white officer involved, that helps that narrative progress. Which is, if you think for a minute that a lot of these people involved in this care about Tyree Nichols' family, they care about having an issue to press, to press toward chaos, to press toward undermining the police. And if they can find a white officer, all the better, because that helps them press this white supremacy narrative that is not applicable here. Okay, Mike is on the phone. Real quick, Mike, I've, I've already talked myself way past the break here. Uh, good morning, sir. Thank you for your show. Uh, most all of this is symptomatic. Uh, being a retired peace officer, I became aware of this fairly early on. Um, when the nation's laws diverged and departed from biblical laws and from constitutional laws, there are countless nanny revenue-generating laws on the books that promote officer-citizen contact. And these are the type of outcomes that happen, um, you know, that the, the bottom line is if there's not a victim, there's not a crime. And I don't know what his crime was or his, his reported crime or the reason for the contact. I'm just talking generally that this is symptomatic, that we've got to get away from a nation and know the state or the, or the nation is, as, as the government is not a victim. So... The, the government versus whoever in any court proceeding is an illegitimate because they're not, they're not a victim. So if there's no living victim, there is no crime, and restitution is to be paid to the victim and not to the government. These laws mainly have the purpose of revenue generating and bringing in revenue to the government. They're not about justice at all. Okay, Mike, thanks. I appreciate the call. I appreciate your 
uh, perspective. I think I understand a little bit about what you're saying, but even though, yeah, there is a victim in this case, and it's Tyree Nichols, and even though he's deceased, justice needs to be found for him and for his family. I guess I, I we live in a world where I have to continually say that the beating and the death of Tyree Nichols is a tragedy. It's a horrible thing. And if what is on the video is substantiated by other evidence when these men go to trial, they should be convicted and go to jail. Okay? I'm not defending their actions. I would never do that. What I'm trying to do is get everybody to think beyond. Every time one of these incidents happens, there's, there's always a group of people that are going to take it beyond what it is on its face and turn it into an opportunity to, an advance, to advance an agenda. And the agenda here is to undermine police officers and police forces across the country. That's why the Congressional Black Caucus wants to have a special meeting with President Biden. He wants They want to initiate federally sponsored police reform to either investigate, which they did in the wake of um, not, not just the, uh, not the Floyd incident. It wasn't in the wake of that that the federal government launched investigations into police departments. It was prior to that. Um, so we, we need to understand that handcuffing the police here, and, and I'm, I'm not talking about the bad police, and by all appearances, they made terrible decisions, and we don't know what their motive was at the moment. But whatever it was, group think, you name it, um, they clearly, on the video, from what we can see, crossed the line. Should be held accountable. But shutting down the Scorpion unit in, in Memphis, okay, that was, that was the next thing. They, and these were members of a unit that they've had in place since 2021 because Memphis is one of the most violent cities in America. I mean, it's, in, it's number... 12, I think, uh, might be in the top 10, but I think it's number 12 in, in homicides. Um, and that's that's when you, you're talking about um, just the number and not per capita. And Memphis is not the size of a lot of these other cities that are violent. Philadelphia, um, you know, uh, Chicago, New York. So you've got violent crime. These Scorpion units were sent into... They were supposedly, now, and this is in question. This is another question we need to have answered. How much training did they receive? But they were sent into violent crime areas, and according to every report since 2021, violent crime was dropping in the areas where the Scorpion units were deployed. So now, what do you think is going to happen in Memphis in these high crime areas now that the Scorpion unit has been disbanded because five officers that were members and two, apparently these two that were relieved of duty but haven't been fired and haven't been charged, were also members of the Scorpion uh, police unit. What, uh, what do you think is going to happen in those areas? You think crime's going to get better because the Scorpion units have been disbanded? I mean, you undermined legitimate law enforcement because you have five officers who illegitimately uh, committed a horrendous act. 
What about the people who live in those areas that would like to be able to step outside their house without being afraid they're going to be beaten or shot? I mean, it, it just it doesn't make sense to me when you you react to bad policing by getting rid of good policing. We got the bad police over here. We're going to take them into custody. We're going to hold them accountable. Oh, in the meantime, we're going to suspend good policing because we know that'll help our community be safer. What? What are you talking about? That makes no sense. Barry, thanks for calling. Yeah, hey, Tony, speaking about <clears throat> making no sense, I'm not, I want to go back and revisit what you were talking about earlier, the Republican Party. What's this guy, David Hyatt, um, signing this loyalty pledge? Is that something that the uh, Republican Party in South Carolina has been doing every year when they uh, – or is this something new no, no, no. that this I came up with? Th this doesn't have anything to do with the Republican Party. It has to do with the Republican caucus in the House. This is a disagreement right. between uh, members of the caucus well, about well, how they're going to work together. Well, is this is this loyalty pledge? It all started with this loyalty pledge. Is that something they, they always were doing before, before no, the Freedom Caucus uh, got stronger? And, I, I don't think, um, no, but, but here's the thing. Again, it, it, both neither side is completely pristine in this, Barry. I mean, I, you know, you, you, the Freedom Caucus, they're members of the Freedom Caucus, and I think, uh, by the way, I think Adam Morgan has done his best to try to stop the goalposts from moving on both sides so they can, they can get an agreement and Republicans can stop publicly going after each other and these two groups can get back together and get about the business that needs to be done. But there, there's well, some... Well, okay, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, well, if you're asking these guys to uh, not reveal, you know, the voting board or whatever, or they can't primary some of these rhinos... I mean that's ridiculous. Um, it's just like an it's like an incumbent protection program. So I mean, I just personally I think the Freedom Caucus has gotten stronger, which I know some of those guys. I'm I lean towards that aspect of uh, if you just go ahead if this Hyatt guy just go ahead and puts together some uh, you know conservative bills, I'm sure the Freedom Caucus would be all for it. That would create some unity. Well, they're putting Instead together doing they're, an they are doing protection it. program. They they are doing that. Right. But they also okay, are, trying well. to, are trying to look, Barry. What when when Republicans get behind closed doors and try to develop, they they have to plan, and then come out with their agenda. These are the things that we're going to push. Um, and thanks to the Speaker of the House, quite frankly, Merle Smith, um, we're getting some good pro-life legislation that's getting traction. That hopefully we can get through the Senate. Okay, but. It, so it, it's not that they're not trying to come up with conservative legislation. This, this is all revolving. This thing has devolved into personalities, into a lot of things that it wasn't in the beginning. And what needs to happen is they need to come to a resolution. I've said from the beginning, and I said it earlier, I don't think the way to create unity is to create a pledge. I just don't believe that works. I agree. I don't I think mean, if every. I don't think. Wait a minute. I don't I mean, think if every one of them signed it, it would make any difference. 
and they're not going to sign it because they feel like they're being forced into it. But nobody likes that. Nobody, particularly Republicans. I mean, since when have Republicans been a creedal people other than our Republican creed, which poo-poo's creeds, right? I mean, we're 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 supposed to be acting according to our principles and not by groupthink here. So that's not going exactly. I, my 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 no, you're my uh, trouble with all this. In my mind, if if somebody had asked me, and nobody asked me, I'd have said, "Don't do this. It's not going to work. Work it out some other way. Get get behind closed doors. Decide what you're going to do, but don't put a, a a creed out or some kind of agreement out there that everybody's got to sign because that's just that. No, Tony, this is not point. the season of one signing. Okay, go ahead. Tony, what about one one other one other point? What about your guy uh, Lindsey Graham saying uh, at the meeting that um, without Trump, there's no you know everybody says they like Trump's policies, but they want someone different. And Lindsey says if there's no Trump, you don't have Trump policies. What, what do you think about that statement? Well, first of all, I reject your comment <laughs> that that he's my guy. Because he's not my guy. He's a United States senator who I have on the program occasionally so that people can hear what's going on with him and make a decision about whether they want to support him or not. I don't agree with everything Senator Graham does, and I sure don't agree with his support of Trump in the way that he's framed it. So, you know, but he's he's going to do what he does. I mean, you know, Trump's got his leadership team in South Carolina, and right now it's Governor McMaster, Lieutenant Governor Evett, it's Senator Lindsey Graham, it's Representative Timmons, it's Representative Joe Wilson, and I can't remember if there's somebody else on there that I'm leaving out, but at least those yeah. folks were announced at this meeting, which was the purpose, is to set up the leadership team, and then we'll see where that goes. Okay, Gene's on the phone. Gene, um, hello. Yes, I have a, a point that I want to make, but before I get to it, I want to thank Barry for that uh, moment of mirth and laughter that he produced within me. It was wonderful. Your guy. <laughs> but anyway, uh, you know, okay, Gene, thanks, Tony, thanks for the call. Know, uh, I, I, I really appreciate the call. Um, and since you think Barry's such a funny guy, um, I, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't understand why it's funny that he would say your guy because. You know, I've had Senator Scott on the program. I have Senator Graham on the program. I have Representative Timmons on the program. Drew McKissick's going to call in today. Uh, I've had uh, Representative Duncan on the program. Now, um, I have varying levels of respect for all of those people, but I give them a platform because that's what this show does. Part of what we do is give a platform to people for them to be able to express their thoughts and so that you— as a voter, can hear them. If I don't have Senator Graham on, our audience here doesn't hear him. So describing him, I, I, I don't understand the humor behind that. And since you decided to lead with that, and that's not what you said you were calling about, um, we'll just move on today from that. And I, I mean, because I, I don't get it. I mean, I, I don't understand that as, as being necessary to the conversation. What we're talking about here, I mean, what I've been trying to talk about is this situation in Memphis. And I did bring up the situation with the Republican caucus in the House, but that has nothing to do 
with Senator Graham. It has nothing to do with the Republican Party in South Carolina because the it, this it's not the Republican Party that's leaning into this. It's Republicans in the House of Representatives in South Carolina who are at a disagreement about how they're going to proceed to work together. And you know what? It's better for conservatives in South Carolina. It's better certainly for the Republican Party if they can figure this out. I personally think it would have been better if they had never started this by having some kind of pledge or agreement they wanted everybody to sign. I, I've just never, and that's not undermining anything that the leadership wanted. I mean, I have great respect for Davey Hyatt and for uh, Tommy Pope. I, I think they're doing a great job. But, I mean, like I told you, if they'd asked me my opinion, not that they would have gone with it because it, it's just my opinion. If they'd asked me my opinion about that, I'd have said, I don't think that's a good idea. I think it'd be better to work this out a different way because people just, there's just something about signing a pledge that people don't like. Okay. When it comes to, okay, I promise I won't do these things, especially when the things that they're promising are things that they have a perfect right to do. It may not be the best idea, but you know what? You can't force everybody to do the best idea. That's why you have all these different personalities and people in the house. I, that... Okay, Bill, thanks for calling. Yes, I was watching the news last night, and they had the police chief from Asheville on. Oh, yeah? And they were talking to him about this situation. And uh, basically he said that they undergo background checks uh, psychological profiling, mm -hmm. looking at them. Mm -hmm. But in the end, he said, basically, the problem is that, that there's a people out there that are flawed. And when you get a flawed police officer with someone that they stop who doesn't obey commands, then we have a, a uh, disaster going on. So I think one of the problems we have is just the sin nature of people. And, and again, people that are stopped or detained by police when they become argumentative, that leads to a bad problem. Thank you. Yeah, Bill, thank you. I, I appreciate that. You know, that's a great point. Um, I, I didn't know what the police chief of Asheville would say, but obviously saying that people are flawed, you've got people flawed who carry a badge. You have people flawed who get pulled over by those people who are carrying a badge. And when flawed people come in contact with each other, sometimes it's a bad outcome. And, and this is... You know, look, that's not making an excuse here. I'm not saying that Tyree deserved what happened to him or that Tyree Nichols was somehow uh, flawed and, and it caused the problem with, you know, that he caused this problem. But one thing that we need to recognize, um, running from the police for something like reckless driving. Now, reckless driving is a crime, but... If you if if Tyree Nichols believed when he was apprehended originally when they had him on the ground and they were pepper spraying him that his he was in danger that that these officers were treating him in a way that that scared him and he ran running for the police usually doesn't end well I mean just just keep that in mind when you if a if you get pulled over for any reason the, your posture should be, what do you want me to do? I mean, right from when when I have a, I've been pulled over a few times, 
not since I got rid of the Mustang, but but before then, <laughs> I got called over, got pulled over a couple of times, and I th- this is what I do. I keep both hands on the I put both hands on the wheel at ten and two. And since I'm a concealed weapons permit holder, as soon as the officer walks up, I say, officer, I'm carrying a weapon on my left side. My permit is in my back right pocket along with my driver's license. What do you want me to do? And I don't move until he speaks. Okay? If he if he says, you know, get out of the car and lay down on the ground, I'm going to get out of the car and lay down on the ground. And you may say, well, that's ridiculous. You don't. Nope. When I'm in a confrontation, if if after the confrontation is over, I feel like I've been mistreated, I'm going to lodge a complaint. I'm going to raise sand. I may even hire a lawyer and sue. But while it's happening, you better believe this is going to be one compliant guy. I'm going to do exactly what they tell me when they tell me. Now, what it looks like is that these officers were angry, and we don't know why, but they were angry when they pulled Tyree Nichols over and they yanked him out of the car and told him to get on the ground. Well, he got down on the ground, but he didn't get flat on the ground. They kept saying, flat, lay down flat. So they they interpreted that as not obeying commands, and that's when the pepper spray started. I, You know, that's an overreaction in my view. Okay, The guys down on the ground, just you, you need to lay out, you need to lay full out on the ground. That's what we're asking. Please lay down, you know, and, and you persuade them. You don't, you, you don't immediately go to these measures when it appears that he doesn't have a weapon. I mean, if he had had a gun or if he'd had a knife, that changes everything, but it didn't appear he had any weapon. They were just from the beginning, they were angry. And when they put him, put him down that he was, you've got these police officers around him, and he flees the scene. And then that, it doesn't give the police officers the right to beat him, absolutely not. It gave them the right to pursue him and take him into custody. But once the cuffs were on him and he was not struggling, everything that happened after that and some of the stuff that happened before was completely out of line. But the charges of murder and aggravated assault are connected to him when he had his handcuffs on, when they, when they had the handcuffs. I mean, that's that's where you charge the serious. Up until then, maybe you discipline the officers or you, you know, you uh, uh, fire them or you, you know, they, they, they violated policy. Okay, that's, that's – but after the handcuffs were on and they were kicking him and hitting him with a club, uh, that's not violating policy. That's breaking the law and endangering Tyree Nichols' life, which turns out it ended up ending his life. And thus the charges, and from again, from what we can see, the charges are appropriate. Whether they're convicted or not remains to be seen because we don't know every. We think we know everything. When you look at a video, you think, okay, I got it, got it, got it all know everything I need to know about this. I can't believe this. I'm going to grab a sign, go out, condemn all police officers everywhere because these are bad police officers and what they did has just, oh my goodness, it incenses, yes, it should incense us that these police officers behave that way. But if we think the solution is to get rid of the police, 
<laughs> I hope you've got a concealed weapons permit because I'm just telling you, if the police are not out there to protect us, who's going to do it? You think crime's going to, what do you think crime's going to do then? Danielle, thanks for calling. Yes, sir. So I just, it baffles me that in situations like this, we saw it a little bit with the George Floyd case where a couple of the officers questioned their superiors. But why would you go along with something so excessive? Right. And so at that, at that point, just let him run away and deal with the consequences of that instead of beating him within an inch of his life that does ultimately end it. I mean, why why would you continue to support that in situations where it's absolutely unnecessary? You're talking about his superiors? I mean, are you, you're talking about the officers that participated – that followed absolutely yeah yeah i got you no i i I agree daniel i i mean i think if you're uh, that's why they're being charged if you're a police officer and you're there and you see a crime being committed and you don't intervene you're guilty of the crime that's that's black letter law so absolutely they all all of the ones that have been charged were on that video and they should be charged now Hemphill and the unnamed officer, apparently from the original stop, Hemphill tried to stop him from running, but then didn't follow up and didn't was not involved in any of the other stuff. Maybe maybe that's not a murder charge. That's a we're going to discipline you and maybe you should have made a better decision as an officer, but it doesn't deserve right. being charged. I mean, I, I I can't understand why people don't see the difference in some of these officers' culpability. Um, but you're right, yeah. Danielle. I mean, any, anybody that was in that video, whether they were being told to do it or not, they had a responsibility to stop it. Thanks for the call. Good, good point. Okay, let me get back to this um, Memphis um, situation again where Tyree Nichols uh, tragically lost his life at the hands of these police officers is what it appears like, allegedly. Um, officer Hemphill is the sixth officer to be implicated. He hasn't been charged. He's only been put, he's been suspended, and the, the department, along with an unidentified officer, and uh, he's being, what I'm guessing is that the unidentified officer, and this is speculation. Does everybody understand what I'm doing? I am speculating because I don't know for sure. But I'm speculating that the reason the unidentified officer wasn't identified is because he probably is not on any of the video. But something he did, either he was in one of the cars or he was at the scene, never appeared on the video, or he could have had some role you know, tangential, where he wasn't even at the scene. I mean, I don't know. But he's not being identified. I think it would have been better if Hemphill had not been identified. Because think what this does to this guy. Listen to what the attorneys for the Nichols family said about this. Ben Crump and Antonio Romanici. The news today from Memphis officials that Officer Preston Hemphill was reportedly relieved of duty weeks ago but not terminated or charged is extremely disappointing, the lawyer said. Why is his identity and the role he played in Tyree's death just now coming to light? Well, maybe it was an infraction 
to be handled within the department, and they didn't want to turn Hemphill's life upside down by putting him out there in the media and making him a target and making it difficult for him to ever serve as a police officer again. How about that? If he doesn't, I mean, if he's not culpable to the with the charges, but in other words, he didn't do anything that would result in him being charged. Now, the prosecutor says they're still investigating everybody. I mean, they, they may end up indicting the entire city of Memphis. I, I You know, the prosecutor's leaving all of that open, or, or the, the whole police department. I don't know. But it, it, it appears, and I'm speculating here, it appears that Officer Hemphill simply violated police policy. There was not any kind of anything about the you know police poli- the, it was it was in-house it was a something that didn't violate the law I, why would you put him out there and subject him when he hasn't been charged the five officers that were fired were charged soon after they were fired the the, the police department did what it needed to do in this case a terrible thing happened they can they suspended the officers they conducted an investigation their investigation revealed the officers should be fired the officers were fired then they were charged with a crime so far we're on track here but officer Hemphill and this unidentified officer um, they that maybe maybe what they did was violate police procedure so I'm answering the question that the lawyers for the family are are asking why is his identity and his role in Tyree's death just now coming to light? We have asked from the beginning that the Memphis Police Department be transparent with the family and the community. This seems to indicate that they haven't risen to the occasion. Are you kidding me? They absolutely have risen to the occasion. They're following their policies, and they shouldn't be bullied into doing something different unless their policies are not correct. But I think it's a good policy to not ruin the reputation of a police officer who maybe should have had better judgment when it comes to police procedure, but who didn't do anything to contribute to the death of Tyree Nichols. Um, I was looking for another statement here because I, you know, I, I knew that somewhere along the way, when they found out that Officer Hemphill was white, that that was going to become an issue, and the, and the, of course, the question becomes: Was it? Is it because he was white? that his name was left out. Now, in addition to Hemphill and the unidentified, and of course, that, you know, again, the, the white officer is helping those who want to make this about race, even though Hemphill had nothing to do with the beating. Uh, two Memphis Fire Department employees who were not identified but were involved in the initial patient care of Nichols were relieved of duty earlier this month. It's not clear if they're among those whose termination was announced Monday. So you've got EMS personnel being terminated because when they showed up, they apparently assessed Nichols' condition based on what the police were telling them or people at the scene were telling them. And so they called on an additional, they called an ambulance. These were EMS. They called the ambulance to come, and it took from um, 8.48 to 8.50-something. Or, uh, there, there was, anyway, there was a time gap between the time they got on the scene and the ambulance arrived 
and they were basically saying, look, um, he should have had, they should have assessed the situation personally and not depended on what people were telling them at the scene. Now, I'm sure that's right. I mean, I, I think EMTs, you show up, you don't just ask questions, you go straight to the person. And if they didn't do that, then that's why they lost their job. 